welcome to Season 2 of Christmas TV History Podcast. I'm the author of the encyclopedia, Tis the Season TV, and the second edition is coming out in 2022. You should know, Christmas TV history is totally my thing. This episode is titled, Christmas Records. I'm going to do a little something different in this installment. Let me introduce my friend, Jeff Fox. He's a Christmas music collector, and... He runs NameThatChristmasSpecial.com. He's also the person behind the awesome, popular Twitter account, CHR Specials, Christmas Specials. Welcome, Jeff. Hello. Thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit more about this Christmas music collection that you have. Sure. Uh, There's a lot of it. Um, I love collecting. That's what I do. It's my favorite hobby. It's the way I spend my time and uh, I love getting those niche things that not everyone has uh, so it's it only makes sense I'm a big lover of Christmas music so it's something that I've channeled my energy into collecting some really weird and interesting Christmas records so you mostly have vinyl tell me more about what exactly you have sure uh, I uh, I have a lot of vinyl I have almost 2,000 I mean that's that's a lot for a lot of people there's a lot of people out there have a lot, have a lot more but I like to collect things that are interesting to me and unique I think there's a lot of us out there that collect vinyl uh, Christmas vinyl especially um, but I like to think I have a different aspect of it so and we there is of course an overlap but it's nice to have everybody have their particular specialties uh, I have regular um, non-vinyl Christmas music as well, a lot of CDs, a lot of everything, because, hey, if you like Christmas music, you spend a lot of time finding it. (laughs) This is true, and this is something that you and I share in common. We are Christmas music collectors. I, too, have an awful lot of vinyl, um, and most of it is in vinyl, and that's mostly what I'm looking for when I'm shopping, is I'm looking for vinyl records. But I also have an awful lot of CDs, and I have downloads as well. There is so much cool stuff that was made on vinyl that never made it to CD, that yes. never made it to the digital age. So yes. I think you can find some real powerhouse excitement in the things that are there that we don't even know exists. So that's, to me, the vinyl excitement is that there's unique stuff. And, and you can confirm this or deny this, but in my experience, there's an awful lot of Christmas CD music. Yeah, music on CDs that never made it to vinyl. And Absolutely. Yeah, there's, I mean, I think we probably all got a good start in the Columbia House and all that stuff where there was so much stuff that you'd never seen before and you'd gather as much as you could. Uh, and then you start to find that there's different, on on both format, any format, and digital download as well. There's all kinds of stuff everywhere. So I don't subscribe to sticking to one format. But uh, it it is it is nice to have the uh, the big old platter and uh, the great history that comes with those. So tell me a little bit about your website, namethatchristmasspecial.com. Sure, um, it's basically just a place that I put anything interesting that I find Christmas related. It's not a uh, a, a big. It's just a little tiny corner of the internet. I don't have anything. Uh, uh particular well i guess there's some unique stuff on there it's uh i i don't know i <laughs> i think i love that question pretty bad <laughs> but i i don't um I, I it's not my main focus i think I, I spend more time on twitter doing that and then i use name that christmas special as a catch-all for anything that i've done for christmas that i figure i might as well share with the internet 
So there's no coherent strategy to it. It has been many things over the years as I tried to um, become an online version of a game we used to play or still play on Facebook, uh, where we would post pictures from old Christmas specials and have people guess at what they were, which is where the name Name That Christmas Special yeah, comes that makes from. Sense. Yeah. And, uh, but it never translated. I've tried it on Twitter. I've tried it on Tumblr. I've tried it on the web. I've tried it on many different things, but for various reasons, it didn't work. So I just now use it. I, I'm always doing Christmas stuff, um, whether it be graphics or um, illustrator pattern brushes or whatever, and I'll put them on there so at least people can find them. And tell me about the origin of your very popular Twitter account. Same thing. The same idea. It came from this game that we played on Facebook, which is just a question of, uh, sorry, a game of putting pictures out there that might be not easily recognizable. So everybody knows a Charlie Brown Christmas, but they might not immediately get the picture of the snowflakes falling or something like that. Some aspect of that Christmas special that wasn't immediately apparent, but was recognizable. So uh, this game would put these pictures in the month of December. I would post them as a Facebook um, photo album and people would have a lot of fun guessing. I, I actually, I don't fully understand the game because I've never been able to play it. I'm the only person that's not played it. Um, but people really, really went nuts for this game and they loved it and passionately. And I would be and getting included. hundred. Well, there you go. Excellent. And <laughs> I would get hundreds of email messages and comments and all this stuff. And, uh, people really took to it. So I thought, well, I'm just going to keep doing this. And what that led to was a drive to find new Christmas specials. When I started, I had the same hundred that any Christmas special collector might have, like all the things that we all know and could name. And then it became a question of finding a TV special that other people didn't know. There was a Welcome Back Cotter Christmas special or something of that nature. So you could then post that picture and people would say, I remember that show. I didn't know there was a Christmas special and various other things or specials that they might not have known existed um, through the actor or the, the background or whatever it was. And so people had a good time playing the game and also discovering a little bit about Christmas specials. So it was a lot of fun. And so what ended up happening is I ended up having hundreds and thousands of, uh, of these uh, screenshots that I used in this game. So I started posting those on Tumblr. Um, which worked okay. People got the hang of it. And then I started posting them on Twitter and that started getting a little more attention. And then I started making them into animated GIFs, which seemed to bring back the special a little bit more to people's minds. So that's, that's what happens. And now I'm posting four animated GIFs a day for the last five years, I think. Year round. Something like that. It's yeah. It, the only exception is you get more on certain occasions. Like we've just loaded uh, 16 for Halloween, so special Halloween-related Christmas specials sort of thing, or spooky ones or scary ones or things of that nature. So, uh, yeah, but it's a constant machine that keeps driving, <laughs> and people seem to still enjoy it, so I'm I'm not going to go anywhere as long as people are enjoying it. And I'm a huge fan, as you know. I'm, awesome. <laughs> I love sharing it. I, sh I try to share, you know, some of my favorite gifts, and I go through periods where I'm sharing all of them, <laughs> and then other times I'm just, uh, you know, is, depending on how much time long, I'm spending on Twitter. But 
I enjoy the conversations that come out of it. I enjoy that people are realizing their specials they didn't know about. Uh, it's really, it's quite satisfying to hear people uh, getting a kick out of it because it's, it's fun to do, but it's even more fun to be sharing that with people. And who doesn't love Christmas specials? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about um, how and why you got into collecting Christmas music. Sure. Uh, I think I've always been a collector. That's what I enjoyed doing. I would hit the old used record places and things like that when I was young. And, um, you know, whether it be CDs, it didn't really matter. I think I think if you're a collector, you're a collector. Um, that's how I view it. Uh, maybe I am a collector, so that's the only way I see the world. But uh, it became about channeling it into interesting things. Like, if you're going to collect, you might as well get interesting things. So I would try to gather things that I was passionate about. But then I've also kind of segued it into finding, collecting things that other people don't have. Because it's all well and great if you love Michael Bublé Christmas CDs, but I don't need to have, like, all of them. Um, because that's covered. And I do actually have all of them. But the point <laughs> being that you you want to find the things that maybe aren't there. So collecting to me was a way of gathering all the things that I was not familiar with and then having them and then also to be able to share them whether it be sharing them with friends or putting them on the internet so that people could know that they existed now michael buble is a bad example there because everybody knows that exists but we've talked a lot about christmas specials that just don't get any press anymore they don't nobody knows they exist or they're impossible to find so that sort of thing like if you find that one and you put it out there uh, both of us were looking for john grin's christmas for the longest time and worked for years to find it and when we found it it was such a an excitement that we got to find this thing put it out on the internet we didn't actually post it it was out on the internet already but uh to point people to it and be able to say here's a piece of christmas history a small piece but a piece uh, that you didn't know about. And so that's kind of the fun. Well, it's part of the fun for me anyway. I seem to be off topic. <laughs> I think it's that's nothing cool. to do with collecting, but it is, it's part of the same idea of collecting is that you're gathering things that you want to share and explain to people and talk about. And so talk part about. of, for me, getting the records is uh, as soon as I get a record, as soon as I find a record, I scan it. I post on my own personal website. I share it on my Facebook page. I share it on the web. I share it everywhere so that people know these things exist. And as a person so, who collected back so, in so the 80s and... So sorry? when you say scan, you mean the album cover? Absolutely, yes. I also digitize them, but that's for me. I share the cover because that's, I think, free and clear to be shared. Uh, I don't share the audio because that's... Uh, there are times where a person will contact me or whatever, but... Um, the uh, the idea that we all looked for these things and we had these really terrible thumbnail scans or this picture of a picture of a picture that was really grainy, I think it's important to put that stuff out there. Uh, there is a pre-1996 internet and a post-1996 internet. And to have some of those great 50s albums, have a good quality scan of the picture, I think it's important to share with somebody, because if you've found it, somebody's probably looking for it too. So uh, it's nice to be able to say, hey, I, I know where you've been. <laughs> I've been looking for that forever. So to be able to put it out there is, uh, is nice. And there's often an awful lot of information that can be derived about the music and the artist from the cover 
uh, Absolutely. as well. Yeah. yeah, and some of them are just amazing to look at. Like uh, the whole trend towards CDs where all of a sudden these pictures that were glorious became tiny and now having it on your iPod or however, you know, you're getting it nowadays, you're not reveling in the graphic album cover, uh, which is a loss. I mean, it's not the end of the world, but it is a loss to miss those fantastic graphics that were produced. Yes, to go from 12 by 12 inches to... Well, I don't even know what a CD proportion is. Five inches by five It's 12 inches. centimeters, oddly enough, but that doesn't really... Uh, but anyways, it's it's tiny, it's grainy, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not the same. And we're going to talk a little bit more later, I think, about uh, some of the stuff we've collected that are... Uh, there's some beautiful stuff. There's just... Like, they're really getting into... Uh, there's a niche market for producing albums now that are just glorious. They're beautiful um in their production in their artwork in how they're put together so it's nice to see that come back and one of the reasons i'm having you on here is because this is something we share in common i'm a christmas music collector too and uh, you've got some great stuff thank you <laughs> i'm very jealous of some of your your finds and your stuff too and this is part of the nature of what has made us friends is that we love talking about <laughs> christmas music Absolutely. So this no is... one will appreciate it the same way that you and I. Well, there there are others for sure, but it is nice to find people that understand your excitement when you find something really rare or really exciting. Yeah, and isn't this how isn't this how we became friends? It, didn't it I, start with Christmas music collecting? I'm really looking forward to figuring this out because I don't exactly know. I know I know I knew who you were before we knew each other. Uh, I know that I did. I picked up your encyclopedia, the first version. Uh, and very excited for the second version. Glad to see that's coming. Thank you. Thank um, you. But as somebody doing that game on Facebook, that was invaluable to me to be able to say, where else can I find things? So I used that as a, a map to start to figure out some other things that I didn't know existed, but could possibly find. Um, other than that, I'm really, I'm, I'm really terrible on the memory of it. Um, I know that you did follow me on Facebook at one point because I know that I don't really follow other people so it was that's the one thing i can say with certainty i i think i was waiting around like we we hovered around the same circles long enough yes that i was like okay well okay where uh, there we are okay um but i don't remember how we started getting to talking yeah i don't i'm not sure i remember either but i do remember seeing this guy on social media <laughs> and then somehow finding about your website Name that Christmas special.com and just being like, oh my gosh, this guy is totally into <laughs> Christmas specials. And then, oh, I think we've, yeah, we, I think we've overlapped same... a number of people too. Like, we, yes. we both know Mitchell and we know Rob and we know a number of people because there's not that many Christmas music collectors. There, there's a lot more than you'd think. Um, but you do get to know everybody at least by reputation, but it's, it's nice to get to know people personally. And that's what I was going to point out too is eventually when I realized. You were interviewed as a Christmas music collector for Mitchell Kesson's movie, um, Jingle Bell Rocks, the documentary. I connected with that uh, filmmaker while he was making the film and uh, talked to him about his movie. And um, and so eventually when the movie came, I helped him promote the movie when it came to the Cleveland International Film Fest. I got to meet the filmmaker um, and it's a great movie. It, it is. really is. And, and I met Rob Martinez, <laughs> who's Which, another. And the only, he's the only reason I participated. So Rob and I go back way even further. I, I don't even. 
I, I should look it up, but I think we've been friends for, I don't know, 15 years, something like that, a long, long time. And we've been swapping Christmas CDs forever. Um, he, we talk almost every Thursday. He does a radio show and he does Christmas radio shows as well. Uh, great friend, been friends forever, but it was he that basically convinced me. He reached out to me and said, you need to do this for Mitchell. And, uh, so I didn't know Mitchell at the time, but based on the strength of Rob's recommendation and, uh, we did that. And then I was very excited. I got to go to Toronto for the, I don't know if it was the Canadian premiere or just the Toronto premiere, but that was the first time I ever met Rob. So. And I met a number of other people that were on the movie as well. And it was, it was a great time. And then once I realized this guy I know from the internet is also interviewed for that movie, <laughs> I was like, hey, I know Jeff Fox. Okay. Exactly. Um, exactly. It, 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 the worlds will collide eventually. <laughs> and I love that Christmas, that movie brought even more Christmas uh, record collectors together as well. It's a touchstone. So if you're It's a Christmas great thing music, to reference. And yeah, yeah. so everybody... Yeah, everybody in that world kind of can say, oh, I know that, and now I know this person, I know that person. Yeah, it's and, great. And the whole point of that movie is about what a unique experience it is to be a Christmas music collector. <laughs> and so I love that Mitchell is bringing people together even after the film was out. And uh, it, Yeah, we could relate to so many scenes in that, couldn't we? <laughs> absolutely. I love that. Tell me a little bit about how you do your collecting. Where do you shop? Where do you look for these old Christmas records? I'd say 80% is probably thrift stores. And uh, we've talked about this before, but it's ridiculous what I've been able to find. I'm in a mid-sized city in Canada. It's not the biggest market, certainly not for thrifters. But with perseverance, I'm amazed what has come up in these venues. Um, but yeah, it's thrifting mainly. I've certainly used everything else that's available, Discogs, eBay, YouTube, everything that you can, because, you know, you don't want to stick to one if, if there's other sources out there. But uh, thrifting is the most fun for me, uh, and it's the most exciting because you get completely random things. Um, yeah, so that's, that's my biggest method. Yeah, I do too. I'm, I'm a huge thrifter. And I also love buying um, used records at, at record stores. So, mm -hmm. and, I, mm -hmm. and of course, I make a regular round in my local uh, record stores here in Ohio, where I live in Northeast Ohio. But when I travel, I always <laughs> make sure that I have a day or two where I'm going through the uh, city's record stores. So I've Absolutely. every time I go to New York City, I'm going, you know, through Manhattan and, and Brooklyn's record stores. I've been to Minneapolis and Denver and Columbus, Ohio, you know, Los Angeles, anywhere where I end up traveling, I end up going through the record stores and I'm looking, I'm coming home with an armful of Christmas records. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Same, same here. I, I also make a pilgrimage to Toronto every year or have pre pre pandemic. Um, but yeah, at that point I weigh my success in weight, not numbers at this point. It's, you know, how many pounds of records am I bringing back? And if it's less than 40 or 50, then I'm just haven't tried hard enough. <laughs> it's there's so many in these bigger sources, you can find so much more. And to me, it's been a revelation that um, Christmas has grown in such popularity that there are now Christmas sections and uh, there weren't years ago. And, and in my city, there there's only a few record stores have Christmas sections, but they all know me. <laughs> yeah. They all know when the Christmas stuff is coming. Here I come looking for more. But um, 
it is nice to go someplace where it is highlighted and specialized and put forward. Yeah. Well, what we share in common is not just Christmas music, but Christmas music that has soundtracks or uh, includes uh, music that is featured in Christmas movies and on television. And this is Mm -hmm. a smaller subset of all of Christmas music, but that's the Christmas music that I specialize in and collecting and looking for. And, And one of the reasons I do this is one, it's a feature, it's an important feature of Christmas on television, Christmas in the movies, and so I end up writing about it. But it also ends up enriching that experience when we are watching Christmas movies or we're watching Christmas on TV, and it has Christmas music. That's an essential ingredient into what we love about Christmas on TV. And so I love connecting to it. And, and often uh, some of these Christmas, rare old Christmas programs that I'm writing about and collecting um, in order to write about, you know, for the encyclopedia, some of these are just so rare. I am not able to find them in archives or in museums to watch them, but I can connect with the music and I can right. learn an awful lot about these, uh, either they're old variety specials or they're just other specials that maybe they only exist on vinyl. And mm-hmm. so it's actually informational. I've learned along through the years, I can get an actual an awful lot of information about these old rare TV specials and these movies through the soundtrack alone, uh, if necessary. You collect Christmas soundtracks. Absolutely. Tell me a little uh, bit about that. That's one of your subsets of Christmas music. That's what we have in common. Yeah, you you, you don't want to go for all the easy stuff like obscure Christmas music. You want to go obscure Christmas soundtrack music. <laughs> <laughs> Just to add an extra dimension. But you're right. It is something that, uh, one, it's extra nostalgia. And it's, you know, we love those specials because of the music a lot of the time. Um, And that is an immediate tie-in for other people as well. They can recognize what it's from. But, yeah, there's uh, so many great ones that, I mean, the the John Denver and the Muppets A Christmas Together, where the album is better than the special. We still don't even have the special in a viable, uh, legitimate form yet. But... uh, um, I think when we get it, people will be a little disappointed. But the album is spectacular, for sure. And, and the album has always been accessible. It's been for sale. It's been released yep. in many different formats and for many different publishers uh, in the decades since the late 70s when that first came out. And, and that's, mm-hmm. no one, in my argument, no one would even remember that TV special because it's just been gone for so long. Right. Inaccessible. Uh, but no one would remember it without that soundtrack release but we're we're due for a release we're due for a release and all the john denver christmas specials come on yes i mean why not yes we need to see them (laughs) so you're already um, jumping the conversation to talk about john denver that's okay (laughs) it seemed it seemed uh it seemed fitting like it's it if you're talking about soundtracks you want to talk about the ones that mean a lot to us that are really good and that's because it is everywhere, it, but it's also great. It's you know whether it was around or not, um, the songs on it are fantastic. Right. So let's start talking about specific titles. Let me first start talking about some of the most common Christmas movie soundtracks. So some of the most popular I know out there: um, soundtrack to Home Alone, soundtrack Absolutely. to Scrooged, soundtrack to Polar Express. Mm-hmm. I recently uh, got a, an excellent copy of uh, the soundtrack to Santa Claus the Movie from 1985. Yep, 
I was always disappointed that wasn't actual fur on the cover. <laughs> the, the, it's a picture of the fur trim, and it, it, to me, I've only ever seen it in pictures, so I was like, oh, that'd be great if it was fur trim. <laughs> and another, Just me. Okay. <laughs> and another popular movie soundtrack is the soundtrack to A Christmas Story, which wasn't released when the movie came out in 1983. In fact, it was released in 2009. I was going to say, I didn't really realize that was popular. I mean, obviously the movie's popular, but uh, it took me forever to find that one, just even realize I was looking for it, right? It's just, it was never one that was publicized the way uh, that the others were. And I love that soundtrack. I the, When I wrote the book, Triple Dog Dare, uh, which mm-hmm. is about the movie A Christmas Story, and my experience of watching it, um, recreating that 24-hour marathon, um, the music over, as I watched the movie again and again and again, the music ended up really uh, standing out. And I ended up constructing a conversation about in- interacting with that music. And I, when I was writing the book and editing it, I was I got a copy of the soundtrack out from the library. And so I was reflecting on it. And, and now, you know, hearing that soundtrack again and again really connects me to that 24-hour marathon again. And awesome. Was that... Was that Carl Zitterer? Yes. I didn't look this up, so I'm not prepared on this, but I do. He also did the music for Black Christmas, correct? Yes. There Carl Zitterer and Paul Zaza. Yes. <laughs> of a mouthful of a conversation. But uh, yeah, no, that's. Uh, I always found that intriguing. And we know why Carl Zitterer worked on A Christmas Story and Black Christmas soundtracks, right? Absolutely. Yes. Bob Clark deserves a lot of praise, a lot of praise that he hasn't gotten. So I'm, I'm all for people bringing up the connection every time they can. Right. Bob Clark directed both of those movies, both the horror in 1974 and then a Christmas story in 1983. To make two Christmas, beloved Christmas classics, beloved. Okay. Maybe not, but uh, respected Christmas classics. I can't think of another example. It's it's impressive, and he deserves a lot of praise for that. Back to uh, talking about individual Christmas movie soundtracks. Mm-hmm. I also have the um, and love the soundtrack to Love Actually mm-hmm. from 2003, uh, released by Universal and Island Records. Uh, I have that on CD. I also have uh, the soundtrack to Preacher's Wife from 1996. Ah. Uh, nice. Featuring uh, gospel music and, of course, vocals by uh, Whitney Houston from Arista Records. And the last time I checked, that movie soundtrack, The Preacher's Wife, which is actually an African-American remake of uh, The Bishop's Wife. Right. Uh, the Preacher's Wife soundtrack, the last time I checked, was still the number one gospel selling or gospel music selling album of all time. Really? So, yeah. Um, well, I don't have that one, so I guess I better correct that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. And, and, I mean, you can't go wrong with Whitney Houston. I mean, it's... Whitney Houston at Christmas? Yeah. There's, I mean, anytime, but also at Christmas. Some spectacular stuff there, for sure. Tell me a little bit about the Christmas movie soundtracks that you see that are just everywhere, that every collection should have. Um, you've mentioned most of the ones that I... I would think of the Home Alones, the Elf. The did you mention Elf? I didn't. So okay, Elf's let's another pause one. And you mentioned Elf. Yeah, uh, Love Actually, of course. Um, 
Uh, uh, see, I don't tend to think of them separately, so I'm just trying to think of stuff and then saying, nope, no, nope, that was TV. No, that was TV. Um, I'm sorry. But, to, yeah, no. I, I'm sorry I'm putting you on the spot. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, Scrooge as well. You met, you did mention that one, but I remember the first time I found that album and I was like, oh, that exists? That's awesome. <laughs> one of my favorite things about that Scrooge uh, soundtrack is it's got Miles Davis Yes. With yeah. David Sanborn and Paul Schaefer. First uh, thing I thought of, for sure. Yeah, performing, and they're in the movie itself, uh, performing on the street as as street performers as uh, Cross pushes, you know, Bill Murray pushes past them on the street uh, selfishly. But And I've used that screenshot many times because having a picture of Paul Schaefer in a Christmas special is not that common. Yes. <laughs> And Miles Davis in a movie soundtrack at Christmas is just yes. phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. Um, hopefully Mitchell will get that uh, uh, other documentary he's been working on with um, Bob Doro. Because um, I know that that will heavily feature another Miles Davis Christmas classic. So that'll be a movie. There we go. talk a little bit about some more common Christmas albums with a film or TV tie-in. I know you wanted to talk about Rankin Bass. Tell me about some of the Rankin Bass animated TV soundtracks. Sure. The uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas I see a lot of and I buy it pretty much every time I see it because I know a lot of people love it. So I'm happy to share it with them. Uh, a classic. Um, that's that's certainly one of them. I, I would actually I would defer to you on the Rankin Bass because I know you've got the history much much better. But uh, certainly it's anytime anytime you see any of those albums, I'll pick them up because they're never going to disappoint, without a doubt. But the Frosty Frosty's Winter Wonderland. Um, of course, it all started with Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. How did I forget that one? That's, <laughs> that soundtrack yes. first came out in '64 on Decca Records. There's also Santa, Santa Claus Sorry. is Coming to Town, arguably Rankin and Bass's best soundtrack. That was released on vinyl in 1970 by MGM Records. Cricket on the Hearth. Ah, yes. Yeah, with another Danny great one. Thomas, Danny Thomas and his daughter, real-life daughter Marlo Thomas in the soundtrack through RCA Victor in 1967. I also, from those classic animated TV specials, I mean, who doesn't have the Vince Guaraldi jazz soundtrack uh, from a Charlie Brown and, Christmas. And, and at least four remasters. You know, <laughs> you've got the 10th anniversary version and this, you know, lots lots of versions, but they're all fantastic. They're all worth having and listening to, for sure. Right. And immediately evocative of a special. There's no question when you hear, like, three notes from that, what it's from. Exactly. And even uh, a decade later, 1977, through a a record company mysteriously called the Charlie Brown Record Company, right? <laughs> the audio from the original animated TV special, so a story Excellent. version using the original voice cast, was also released for a Charlie nice. Brown Christmas. So there are two. If you're a Charlie Brown Christmas uh, soundtrack fan, you want to get the Vince Guaraldi music compositions, but you also want to get the storybook record. I And I love, personally, there's a whole 
uh, genre of music where that's it may just be the audio recording from the special. It might not be re-recorded. It may just be that. I love those two because it takes you right back there. Uh, I also used to like cutting them up and using pieces from the audio in a mixtape or something like that. They're just before the internet. You didn't have any access to any of that stuff. So it was really, you could relive all of these things over and over in different ways. And it was, it was really cool when you found them. So. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Tell me more about some of your favorite Christmas TV soundtracks. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Of course, there's uh there's a lot of versions around that. There's the original soundtrack, and there's the Zero Mostel version in 75. Uh, I have the Albert Haig, who was the professor from Fame, uh, did his version selections from How the Grinch Stole Christmas, where he actually introduces himself on the album as the guy from Fame, which I find really weird because, you know, he should be super famous for having written the song from How the Grinch Stole Christmas, but he's referencing the fact that people would know him from fame. Uh, But a a lot of fun. I mean, those songs are fantastic as well. So, yeah, it's really, really great to have the originals and really great to hear them reinterpreted as well. You mentioned a Muppet Christmas Carol soundtrack. Oh, yes. There we go. There's the movie. That is a fantastic soundtrack. Um, Paul Williams. Uh, thankful heart if you're in a bad mood play thankful heart it's a two-minute song that will lift your spirits just to extraordinary heights uh and it's a great mood of the movie i mean it's a great movie and it's a great it does a great job of capturing the whole thing so yeah that one that one gets uh regular play around here because uh, it's it's fantastic for sure uh another one i have which is an obscure canadiana reference uh, there is a TV special from before we were both born called Sing Along Jubilee, which was a CBC Christmas, or sorry, it was a CBC TV series that ran for several years. Uh, it is probably most famous for giving us Anne Murray. She uh, got her start on that show. Uh, and, but they also produced a Christmas album. And I've heard it written that it was from a TV special that was aired on december 25th but i don't actually even know the date what year it was uh but it's been released as an album it was released twice with different covers uh but it's the same album um but it's a it's a soundtrack to that special which i will spend the rest of my days trying to find my hope is to one day travel out east and hit the Anne murray center and find some information that if i can somebody's got these tapes why don't they share them uh but it's a great album and it's a great show and it's a nice piece of history that, again, it, we're in danger of losing that history because nobody's sharing it. When I think of common Christmas TV records, I often think mm-hmm. of the soundtrack, the Christmas album from the Brady Bunch called Merry Christmas mm-hmm. from the Brady Bunch, released in 1970 with the Bra- the cast of the Brady Kids singing Christmas favorites, uh, released on Paramount Records. I wish singing, singing air quotes singing. <laughs> I wish they had actual clips from the Christmas oh, episode. That that's yes. not what this is. But oh, it's, it's still great to hear the Brady cast um singing. There's also a Partridge Family Christmas record, um 1971 from Bell Records. Uh the album title is Partridge Family Christmas Card. And, and you know, the C- Partridge Family had a Christmas episode and they are singing some of the same songs. I'm not sure it's the audio from the TV show, 
Um, yeah, I've never connected them, but I, that is a, an interesting album too, because I find that one all the time, but it came with a post on postcard, right? So the cover was actually a postcard attached and it's amazing how few of those survive. I, I, I believe it was reprinted later with the actual postcard as part of it, but you can find the album a lot with just a blank big green spot, which I find quite funny. Um, yeah, quite neat. Yeah, an awful lot of people used that Christmas card that came with the <laughs> album, and so those things get separated. Yeah. One of my favorite albums that came out in 2018 was the Monkey's Christmas record. Came out on vinyl, came out on CD. Again, 2018, they called it Christmas Party, but finally we got a remastered version of that original song that the Monkeys sing in their Christmas episode from 1967, Rio Chiu. That song mm -hmm. is just a phenomenal Spanish carol from uh, medieval times. Um, and and so we finally get that and sung released. In, in the episode. Yeah, some, yeah. You can go back and watch that part, and it's, yeah, it's fantastic. Even if it's 40 years later, I'll take it. <laughs> yep. We're just catching up with the colors now. <laughs> Well, you and I are frequently talking about our favorite Christmas records. Here we were talking about just common, commonly found in, in most uh, collectors who are fond of movies and TV. Christmas the more popular records. stuff. But yes, the more common and more <laughs> popular stuff. Let's talk about some of our favorite favorites that are a little more rare. Absolutely. Do you want to go first? Or go ahead. Okay. Uh, Am and Honor Jug Band Christmas. That's got to be up there. That's a classic, and it's just been released, I want to say recently, but I don't know how recently it was, but it's it's been out for um, a couple of years now, both as CD and LP. Um, yeah, I think that was a record store day, a couple of them. But uh, anyway, they're out there, and it's fantastic to see them come out. And that's Paul Williams again, like the Muppet Christmas Carol soundtrack. Emmett Otter Absolutely. is also Paul Williams, so the music is just top-notch. Yeah, his collaborations with the Muppets were outstanding, and you know his his uh, his overall body of work was outstanding for sure. Did you ever see the documentary on him? Uh, it's a, it's a it's a modern ish one. I want to say it's maybe ten years now. I don't. It's not related oh, yeah. to Christmas, but oh, yeah, I, um, I did. Yeah, I yeah. don't remember the so title it's of a, it. It's nice to revisit his uh, his body of work there. So great guy. Yes. Uh, yeah. So also for obscure looking. <laughs> Getting into the obscure stuff that other people have, uh, David Brent, Life on the Road, um, that's a recent movie, 2016, I think. Uh, I think it was a Netflix, but uh, David Brent from The Office, uh, he put out a soundtrack album, David Brent being Rich, Ricky Gervais, uh, put out a soundtrack album with uh, Don't Cry, It's Christmas, which features prominently in the movie and uh, quite entertaining, <laughs> for sure. So I have that one on LP as well. Uh, Rich Little's Christmas Carol which I know is uh, something that you enjoy as well. Uh, 1979 is the album from the TV special from 1978. Uh, he also did Scrooge and the Stars from 10 years, seven, 1963, I think, before that. So he that was his test run, I guess, before he got the TV special. Um, but that was a good one. Very entertaining. I've seen you write about that one as well on your website, which is wonderful breakdown of the the characters and how perfect they were for the roles. Yeah, I have that album too, uh, Rich Little's Christmas Carol, and it's, I love the TV special. It's, if those of you that aren't familiar with it, it's um, the great impressionist Rich Little 
doing a one-man show of <laughs> Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, he plays each role in that story, but he uses a character from popular culture or film and TV to embody each of those famous Dickens characters. I'm not going to remember the characters now. <laughs> <laughs> I put you on the spot. Sorry about that. But it is worth looking up, for sure. It's, it's uh, worth looking up. I've... And the, the soundtrack album that I have, I'm not sure if we have the same one, but the album I have is not the audio from the TV special. Right. I think, it's... did I not send you that one? I think I sent you that one, the cover with the characters around the outside. Yeah. 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 It's not the same I, as the TV special. Right. Okay. I actually have the TV special on DVD, which I was shocked to be able to find that uh, it's out there. And I'm, I'm glad, like, shock is a good thing. Um, but I think that was CBC, wasn't it? But you don't often get yes. DVD releases of that. So I was very, very impressed to see it out. Because, yes. again, you want to see it survive. It first uh, sure. aired on Canadian TV, CBC, and then it came to HBO and aired for many years in the uh, late 70s, early 80s on HBO. It sounds like Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, too. <laughs> to tried and true floor formula. But speaking of Canadian classics, again, that niche for me is important to find and capture. I've got uh, the uh, story, story album of A Cosmic Christmas, which you know is one of my favorites from 1977. Sylvia Tyson on that, fantastic album. Uh, I've got The Christmas Raccoons from 1982, which was a really big deal here. I don't know how big an impact they had around the rest of the world, but another great soundtrack album. And I have an obscure little uh, 1971's uh, Le Martien de Noël, uh, Christmas Martian, which is very well known to most Canadian students because that was the filler you got in December when uh, teachers didn't want to teach. They'd wheel in the TV and they'd put on this really strange French-Canadian movie. Um, I think it's uh, half an hour, 40 minutes, something like that. But it's it's very odd. Uh, but I was shocked to see it had a soundtrack. It's just, it was so obscure and so small that you wouldn't think. But when you find these things, it's like, oh my God, I've got a piece of this that nobody will believe me this exists. That's part of my collection too that uh, I, I treasure. That's awesome. I'm not familiar with that Christmas Martian. I've, I've posted a few times on Twitter and I will invariably get people with horrific looks on their faces sort of thing. Actually, I, I had a printer. I got a, uh, a copy of a um, drive-in movie theater in Australia, had a poster for it. So I, I bought that and I scaled it down and printed it out to be framed. And the person who was working in the copy center had horrific memories of the special and felt a need to share. So it's, it's pervasive. <laughs> People know this special, and they didn't. They don't always know that they know it. And then, as soon as they see the picture or the name, they're like, "I remember that." So it's uh, it's quite funny that way. It's widely available on YouTube too. If you ever want to scare yourself, <laughs> it's very obscure. It's just very obscure. I know you have something in your collection that um, is really sort of outside of my collection, which are these Christmas horror movie soundtracks. Yeah, um, and again, that's it's really neat to see that coming back into its own. Like when we talked earlier about uh, some of these releases, uh, you get some fantastic pressings from uh, Waxwork Records out of Florida, uh, Death Waltz Records. They're they're taking old soundtracks and they're repressing them or pressing them for the first time. Um, 
Black Christmas got its first release in 2016. Uh, it's not a traditional track album. It's it's kind of more an art piece. It's it's layering of music cues and sounds and screaming. And if you're familiar with the movie, there's some pretty horrific dialogue. And uh, it's it's weird, but it's really cool that this exists. And looking to Carl Zitterer and saying this this deserves an audience. And so it's really cool to see that one. I have two different versions of uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, which, I mean, who knew there was one, but there's at least two. Uh, 2014 was one, which is a two LP collection. And 2020, there was a new one. Just, yeah, interesting. Christmas Evil, I didn't, I remember seeing that album for the first time and just being shocked that there was an album. Um, because it's, again, these are obscure films, let alone to get a release of a soundtrack, but uh, pretty exciting and pretty, pretty cool. Not something you'll throw on to listen to all the time, but from a collector point of view of collecting things that aren't well represented, it's, it, they're fascinating finds. Krampus, the the famous movie from 2016. Uh, again, that's, that's got some spectacular artwork. Uh, I think, yeah, that was waxwork as well out of Florida. They've got two record sets with like, dark elves version where all the elves got the picture disc covers it's it's they're things of beauty they really are in their own way um and then i also have on the list and in the apocalypse which is a new musical which came out in 2018 and took a little while to find its way over here but a really fun album and uh, you know a little little horrific but uh, well, <laughs> quite fun as well that's a fun movie i mean when you come up with a christmas horror musical You've got to have an official soundtrack, so I'm glad that's out Absolutely. there. And on vinyl. I love that people are reinvesting in that process. And, yeah, everybody should have a, you know, Christmas horror musical album. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only one I can recommend at this time. <laughs> well, let me talk about some of my favorite obscure. Absolutely. Please do. I love your collection. Yeah. I was so pleased when I found my first copy of the music from A Mall and the Night Visitors. Christmas TV fans know that A Mall and the Night Visitors uh, is an opera written specifically for television, first aired in 1951. Uh, it was the first Hallmark Hall of Fame. The original cast recorded the soundtrack um, and it was released on vinyl. Then in uh, January of 52, and so to have that a vinyl copy of that is just phenomenal and and mm. really uh it's great to be able to replay that and listen to that over and over and and reconnect with that uh production i then eventually found keeping my eyes open i eventually found a cast recording of the 63 1963 production of that same tv opera christmas tv fans know that amal and the night visitors that opera was restaged many times and it was one of the first tv traditions for christmas for television to re-air uh, either a new broadcast, a new production, or a tape of an earlier production. And that aired for several decades of earliest TV. A phenomenal experience. I love that I have that both copies on uh, on vinyl. Yeah, I, I only know about that one because you introduced it to me. So it's, yeah, it's fantastic. I also have a copy of Tennessee Ernie Ford's uh, The Story of Christmas, which is a 1964 
um, soundtrack from a TV special that he did. And the cover, oh, it, everybody knows uh, one of the most outstanding, uh, you know, Tennessee Ernie Ford had several Christmas specials. This 1964 TV special had an animated segment that was 18 minutes long with a story of the nativity. But this animated 18-minute segment was animated by a great Disney animator, Ivan Earl, and, and actually images from that animated segment are on the album cover. So um, that, that special is actually officially released on DVD. I think too few people know that it actually exists on DVD, but if you can connect even just to the record album, you can see some of those images. It's really eye-catching. It's really phenomenal, and it's historically significant. That soundtrack is on Capitol Records, and once you know it exists, then you end up seeing it <laughs> everywhere. And I, I've found it many times since, but I didn't even know it existed until I saw my first copy, and it's still mind-blowing every time I, I, I uh, look at that album cover. I didn't know it was on DVD, so uh, there you go. Now I've got some homework, too. <laughs> <laughs> Another favorite I have is the soundtrack to the... 1965 TV special, The Dangerous Christmas of Red Riding Hood. This was a TV oh, yes. special that starred Liza Minnelli and Cyril Richard and Eric Burden and the Animals. I mean, mm-hmm. like rock and roll <laughs> wild boys um, are on this Christmas TV special from 1965. And that soundtrack captures that. That's another TV special that's sort of overlooked. It's officially on DVD. You can find it. But to even connect with just the soundtrack record is really I'm taking that experience to another level. I love that I have that in my collection. Mm-hmm. I also um, I'm a big fan of the animated special from 1971, Christmas Is. I think it's too easy to overlook because of this poor title, Christmas Is. But it's it's with characters uh, Benji and his sheepdog Waldo. And there was even a follow-up with also with Benji and Waldo called The City That Forgot Christmas. And these animated specials were put out by a Lutheran's ministry group, and it was syndicated on television for decades, starting in the 70s. But I could still find it um, airing in syndication through the 2000s. Um, it, wow. it always played. Well, back in the 70s, when this aired on TV, you could call in. They aired a little commercial between the segments and you could call in for free flexi disc and they would mail the Lutheran ministries group would mail you records from the, the soundtrack or songs from the soundtrack. And I have, I found three of them. I don't know how many there are in total, but I have three of them. And again, they include singles from uh, both Christmas is and the follow-up animated TV special, uh, the city that forgot about Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, and I want to keep my eyes open to find out if there's even a fourth or fifth or if there's more. If I have all three, I'm not sure. Uh, Yeah, see, this this goes to what we were speaking about before, is there's no real way to confirm that until you find more, right? So that should be documented and shared, and hopefully it will be. Yeah, they also made a, for those that are interested and fans of Christmases and Christmas, or the city that forgot about Christmas, they also made a comic book which I also stumbled upon and I now own a copy of comic book of Christmas is. And I believe that too was a freebie that if you called in the phone number, you, you wrote into the, the Lutheran ministries group, they would send you a free copy. So how phenomenal. Nice. That's amazing. 
I mentioned earlier how I learn an awful lot from these soundtracks, and that's one of the reasons I've become such an avid collector, is some of these rare and obscure albums that I get are, are soundtracks that I can't even get to watch. And a good example of what I'm talking about is the record Christmas in Hawaii with Jim Neighbors from 1981. I cannot get that. I cannot find that TV special in order to write about it. It's so obscure. Of course, it was never released on DVD or home video in any way. I can't find it in an archive. It hasn't been uploaded to the internet illegally. <laughs> I can't get to see it, but I got the soundtrack album. And So much of this stuff is overlooked. And hopefully with the resurgence of Christmas entertainment, some people will be dusting off their reel-to-reels or whatever they've got because they're out there. We know they're out there. Somebody's got it. So hopefully it'll get shared. Another fantastic example I have is the Kukla, Fran, and Ollie Christmas episodes are very rare and very difficult to find, but I have a Kukla, Fran, and Ollie Bert Tilstrom soundtrack. It's a story, and it has music, but it has it's a storybook album. But I do know from old TV guides that some of those early Kukla, Fran, and Ollie episodes included those same stories, so it's informative at even if I can't see those old TV episodes of the puppet show, I know some of what was going on and what some of these stories were. Can I interrupt and just ask, because I know one we both look for, Kenny Rogers, Christmas in America. It's an album. It's a special. Is Are they related? Do you know? Is that the soundtrack to the movie? No, it's just okay. Christmas songs performed by Kenny Rogers. Gotcha. And I believe the TV special is narrative in some way. It's difficult to find out because there's just so little written about it, but I believe right. it has a narrative. I, so, I thought it was a yeah, an actual movie movie because his son stars in it as well, correct? I think so. Right. I know that's one we're both looking for. I wasn't sure if it was connected to the soundtrack or not. But I was very eager to get the soundtrack <laughs> or that album with the same title. Yeah. And yet that's fairly common is for an artist you know musician to release something with the same title to promote the record sales but we'll find that special one day (laughs) that movie one day we'll keep trying i hope so another informative album that i have is the soundtrack called the coming of christmas from a tv documentary tv series called project 20 uh from nbc this is from 1960 released on rca victor the album is classical music, but it actually opens up and has pages and pages and pages of uh, classic masterworks, paintings of the Christ and Madonna, which were a part of the original documentary series. And it's impossible to see this documentary series. I'm not even sure it exists anymore. Again, Project 20 and the Christmas episode, The Coming of Christ. But now having that album and being able to look at all the images, I know exactly what happened, you know, what was visually uh, present in the TV special. And I know the soundtrack. (laughs) Um, And so that's really informed uh, my being able to discuss that TV program. And another example of these albums that inform Christmas TV history for me is a soundtrack that I found entitled Black Nativity. It's a 1962 Broadway cast recording of the stage show written by Langston Hughes of uh, African-American interpretation of the nativity story. It was a Broadway, off-Broadway production that actually ended up 
touring after uh, Christmas 62. It toured through Europe, and that tour through Europe was actually recorded for cameras and then was broadcast as a TV special in 1963 and then re-aired in 64 on NBC. Nice. But that special is lost. I'm not even sure it exists anymore. And yet uh, I'm very fortunate that that original Broadway cast recording exists so I can at least know what the soundtrack was like and what those songs are. And even the, uh, the, the tone and the tempo and the flavor of the musical interpretations are, are a way of recapturing that long lost TV special. I'm so grateful I found that record. Yeah, that's a perfect piece of history. Like, yeah, those things, hopefully we can fill in more detail, but it's amazing that you've got that piece of it. Absolutely. One of the, my treasured uh, records in my collection is the soundtrack to The Stingiest Man in Town, which was a 1956. TV special uh, and musical written specifically for television with Basil Rathbone, Vic Damone, The Four Lads. And this was all that existed of this TV special uh, for for decades. And uh, it was such a phenomenal, high-budget. Critics loved this TV special, and it never re-aired after that original live production. All we had left was that soundtrack. A few years ago, out of some vault came, they found a kinescope of this old TV special from 1956. And so now it's been released on DVD. But for decades, all we had was that soundtrack. Now we have the DVD. And it's so great to be able to see what we've long listened to. And so that soundtrack record is one of my favorites in my collection as well. Stingiest Man in Town. We, we live in hope of those kinescope recordings appearing and finding and videotapes and everything else. It's, it's fantastic when they find them. But even, you know, just having the records, amazing. Yes. In my collection, I don't just collect soundtracks from TV special, Christmas TV specials and Christmas movies. I also collect any kind of record that's going to have a Christmas song from TV or movies. And, and a, a great example of what I'm talking about is the soundtrack to the, move, the 1951 movie On Moonlight Bay. Now, this movie is uh, starring Doris Day, this movie is not known as a Christmas movie, but it does include one Christmas song, and it ends up on that soundtrack. And that song is actually one that, with a long shadow. Um, it was covered by Danny Thomas in a 1951 Christmas episode on the Danny Thomas show. And uh, Doris Day's version of the song, the song is called A Christmas Story. So Danny Thomas covered it on his show, and then Doris Day's version of it that song from the movie ended up on Call the Midwife <laughs> in, the, in the background of Call the Midwife, too. So that song is still around, but where are you going to find Doris Day's version except on the soundtrack to On Moonlight Bay? Everybody knows um, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, the James Bond movie, it also t has significant Christmas scenes. Most people don't refer to that George Lazenby <laughs> James Bond movie as a Christmas movie. But it does have a Christmas song, Do You Know How Christmas Trees Are Grown, which was recorded by Nina. And it's just another rare, obscure Christmas song that comes from a movie, and it's an interesting uh, one to add to any Christmas music collection. And I love pointing out, an awful lot of people don't even realize, that Henry Mancini's Christmas album from 1966 
on RCA records. I mean, Henry Mancini and his, his music compositions are just legendary just across the board. But that Christmas album that he had also includes his song that he wrote for the soundtrack of the TV movie Carol for Another Christmas. And this TV movie is uh, legendary. <laughs> written by... I, I looked for that one forever back, you know, back in the day. But the music is astounding. I love that song. It's one of my favorite pieces for sure. And that movie casts such a long shadow. It's now available on Turner Classic Movies each December. They end up airing it. Even if it's 4 a.m., they end up bringing it around. I'm still waiting for an official DVD release. But that movie, written by Rod Serling, starring uh, Sterling Hayden, Ben Gazzara, a whole, uh, Peter Sellers, a whole long list of Hollywood celebrities. That is a very Cold War Christmas adaptation of A Christmas Carol. Another must-see TV movie, and it's it's so good to see it is available now because, like I say, when I was doing that Facebook game, knowing that Peter Sellers was in a Christmas special, I was seeking that for at least five six years and couldn't be found on the internet anywhere. And then they dusted it off in the vaults, and all of a sudden, a whole new generation can see it, and it's it's amazing. And another rare obscurity, but a must-have is the soundtrack to the 1974 movie Odessophile. <laughs> this John Voight thriller is a bit of a weird movie. Um, if you're familiar, he plays a journalist hunting down Nazis <laughs> in modern day, I think it's Austria. But on that soundtrack is a Perry Como song, A Christmas Dream, that was written by Andrew Lloyd Webber. And... Um, that soundtrack came out on MCA Records in 1974, but even Perry Como, it's a phenomenal, it's just very quintessential Perry Como. So if you're a Perry Como fan, you have to know this song, and it's found on this weird movie soundtrack. But uh, Perry Como fans will know that he sang it on his 1975, I believe it was the following year, 1975 Christmas TV special as well. So <laughs> it's... Uh, it casts a shadow, and it's, it's very cool. Yeah, it's great to have it on vinyl. I know we're just scratching the surface here of Christmas records with a TV and film tie-in, but I want to bring up uh, before we end here. I want to talk about some of my favorite Christmas storybook records too that had animated uh, TV special connections. The Bear Who Slept Through Christmas came out in 1983. It's a storybook record but it tells the story of the animated TV special with a voice cast, including uh, Tommy Smothers, and that The Bear Who Slept Through Christmas was animated by uh, DePatty Frayling, so it casts a long shadow with superior animation as well. Santa Bear, another TV special with a storybook soundtrack. The Three Bears Christmas uh, with Hal... It's a real bear theme. (laughs) (laughs) And I even have the Christmas record, A Pink Christmas with the Pink Panther. That record actually has the same title as the 70s animated TV special. It's not the music. Um, it has some Christmas carols sung on it, and it is mostly a storybook, and it's not connected in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> but I like it as an example. I have it in my collection as an example of a Pink Panther Christmas that's not connected to the animated uh, special just as an example of, of 
how some of these recordings sometimes come about. And plus, it's just a fun Christmas album to have and show off. And not going to get a lot of regular play, but still. Absolutely. So let's talk some white whales. What Christmas records are you looking for that you don't have in your collection well, yet? I, I always say the ones I'm excited to find are the ones I don't know exist yet. Like yes. I know that there's an awful lot that as much as we've seen in our lifetimes, we know that there's a ton out there that has not been seen and will continue to surprise us. And you and I are doing that all the time, like saying, have you heard this one? And I still get surprised, and I love that I still get surprised. Yes. I mean, we've been through enough thrifting bins that we've seen everything of certain types ever, and then you realize you haven't. And to me, that's super exciting because you know that these things just haven't been out there. So that's my biggest. That's what I'm looking for. Um, someone offered me or told me I have, I have, I'm well known enough that I have friends call me when they're in a record store and they see something and do you have this one? Do you have that one? Uh, and somebody offered me, um, the Mako Christmas out the star Wars Christmas in the stars, uh, for $20. It was at a record store and now you can't find it for less than 80 or something crazy like that, which is ridiculous. And, but I've ever since regretted not getting it for 20 it's a terrible album as well but it's a fascinating album uh i have it on cd but still it's nice to have the vinyl um i'd love to have a copy of the free designs the now sounds of christmas because that was featured heavily in uh mitchell kesson's uh documentary the uh drink bell rocks um and got to meet oh the woman whose name i forgot but she was at the premiere and that's a, a well-known album and fairly hard, hard to find. So I would, I still keep that on my list. I, I, all these things are, are doable. Like you can find them for the right price, but you know, you want to find something that's uh, you can live with the next day. <laughs> uh, and I also, I buy every copy I ever find of a cosmic Christmas album, storybook album, uh, which hasn't, which isn't as elaborate as it sounds. I've only ever found five copies, but I buy them because then I can give them to people that I know will appreciate them. And I know they're rare enough that, um, uh, you know, to be able to share them is, is wonderful. So those are the things I keep an eye out for. I also collect two Ontario Lottery Corporation albums in the, in the 80s. They put out these albums. When you buy a $10 gift pack of scratch-off tickets, they would give away these albums with them. Uh, I hear from people regularly about missing that album, loving that album, and they wish they had a copy of it. So I always keep several copies on hand to be able to mail them out if people desperately want a copy. But in terms of what I'm looking for, pretty much everything can be found. So there's not something, if it's on the internet and I want it, then I'll get it eventually. But what I really want is the stuff I don't know that's out there yet. Yeah, I'm the same way. And and I learn often, you know, I don't even know something exists until I stumble across it at a record store. And I'm Which like, is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I start squealing. Ah! <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I am looking for a couple records uh, with a Christmas uh, movie or TV tie-in specifically. I still don't have my own copy of Rankin Bass's Frosty the Snowman. That was Nor do in, I. And, yeah, yeah, it's sorry. a storybook. Uh, MGM Records released from 1970. Um, I would love to have that. And I just, it's shockingly rare. It's, it's something that you never see. 
if you do see it online, it's expensive as heck. Um, but yeah, it, to me, it's it's always shocking that that's not more common, but it isn't. I'm also looking for an original Broadway cast recording of She Loves Me from 1963 MGM Records. Um, for those that don't know, Broadway, the Broadway show She Loves Me is an adaptation of the Christmas movie The Shop Around the Corner. It's been restaged. The musical Broadway show She Loves Me has been staged in London and in America several times since the original 63 version and uh, aired on PBS here in the States. But that original, I would love to have the album release of the original Broadway cast. <laughs> Jeff holds so up you a, you you did mention that to me, so I thought uh, that uh, is something that I could very easily pick up for you, and uh, I have a copy here for you. Oh my so goodness, Jeff is holding up a copy that. of that, <laughs> startling me. That's fabulous. It, it, it goes to say you can find pretty much anything these days. So hopefully, hopefully that's uh, will fill a hole in your collection. Oh my goodness, that's fabulous. I I lost my place. Oh, and I'm also looking for a CD version of Annabelle's Wish, which was an animated TV special in 1997 with a phenomenal country music cast. It's got Nancy Griffith, Alison Krauss, Randy Travis, all in the soundtrack. It's also a great animated TV special. And uh, I'm looking for, they never released it on vinyl yet, but it's on CD and I've, I'm always keeping my eyes open for a copy of that with great Christmas music. Hopefully it's there. Keep, Having record store days and other, as Christmas grows in popularity, I have great hopes that a lot of these things will start to appear. Yes. Fingers crossed. Yeah. As the pandemic uh, pushes away and we can go back into record stores and thrift stores more regularly and dig up some of those old classics. And, and the internet as well, just constantly, like, I'm a big advocate of putting everything on Discogs because then people can see what's out there. And it's amazing to me, once you put something on Discogs, immediately 20 people have it or something, have seen it or have more artwork or something. So it, using the internet to share a lot of the things that people have been looking for for a long time. So hopefully we can keep that process going. Absolutely. And I use Discogs regularly as well to, to check out uh, the age of a record which release it is, uh, original uh, pressing, uh, original record company release, all those dates and figures and, and even just what the album cover looks like is really helpful, essential for, for my collection as it gr continues to grow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's really a great resource for sure. And we're not plugging it. We're not, <laughs> it's, but it, it's, it's been so useful to us as collectors. And as I talk about not, having things like the ones you don't know exist yet because i've just trolled through discogs looking for things i don't have and that's where you find some things that you're looking for um so yeah the more you can kind of find out what's out there it's it's really great for filling in gaps for sure yes well i want to thank you jeff for having this conversation with me this has been great we're always talking about Christmas movie soundtracks and soundtracks to Christmas TV specials. So thank you for talking about oh, this. It, for my everybody. pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's it's always illuminating talking to you because you've got such a wealth of knowledge for all these subjects. And it's it's fantastic to be able to talk about things and still get more information back that I'm giving than I'm giving you. So it's uh, and who else appreciates these obscure collections, right? <laughs> it's it's nice to have somebody with the same passion and excitement for finding things that are, are really worth finding. So, Yes, thank you. 
My pleasure.